Yo, 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 welcome to this episode of True Conspiracy with your host, Vicious Technique. Today is the fourth episode of True Conspiracy, where we will be covering the music industry. And this podcast is titled The Fight for Independence. So we'll be covering how the music industry seems to be heavily stacked against independent record labels with shady gatekeeper connections, major labels owning shares and distribution and digital streaming platforms, as well as removing content from emerging independent artists. So not only do these major labels within the music industry have a massive advantage due to finances, connections, legacy, experience, but they'll also, and we'll get into detail, they'll literally remove their competition through a numbers, number of ways some legal, some illegal, some moral, some immoral, and we'll touch touch on that more. But to give some background, I have my own record label, Conundrum Records. I've been putting out music independently as Vicious Technique since 2012 was the first time I started putting music out on SoundCloud. And a few years later, I was able to put out the music on iTunes, Spotify, the streaming platforms. They weren't really that popular at the time, around 2014, 2015, around there. Then I graduated from the University of Florida 2016, and I was able to focus a lot more on my music because I had finances. To that point, I had to invest in my education. I had to pay for my education some out of pocket, some with grants, but mostly out of pocket. So I didn't have much resources, financial resources to invest in my music while I was at the University of Florida. I was still making music. I was still putting music out, but the competition in a sense, the major label artists, they have millions of dollars invested in them. They have their beats cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have high quality studios. They have the best engineers. So I was doing what I could, but it it's, doesn't really, even, even now they have a massive advantage, but I've been able to, I've been able to close the gap in a sense. I've been able to make it more competitive, even though it shouldn't be there because they have so much more resources and, and connections. But anyway, so I had in 2017, I had a song come out called Conor McGregor. And a song called Blood in the Water come out on SoundCloud. And both of those songs did better than anything else had before, which goes to my point if I had a small amount of finance, uh, financing, a small amount of funds, I should say, from my job at the time when I was doing my graduate studies for Atlantic University, the small time that they did pay me, I was investing that into my music career. And I saw some return. I was able to build a team around it. At the time, I had a virtual training app that fell through. So I pretty much took what I had left in business resources and just focused it all into the music. So at this point, it's 2018. My business partner has a daughter. So he's telling me, yo, we need to make money. We need to make money. And he's only been in it with me since 2017. He's been in a year and a half, and he's talking about where's the money. I've been doing this since 2012. So at this point, seven years, like, really putting out music. I've been making music for longer, but actually putting out the music. 
and I hadn't seen a diamond. It was pretty much a, a point of like how we make or break. You're going to monetize it and keep your team or are you going to not know how to profit off the music or at least turn some type of revenue and lose the team that you built? And it was really one person at the time, my business partner. So that that's where the crossroads were. We figured out better marketing techniques, content marketing techniques. We put out mixtapes. Because Nipsey Hustle talks about it. At certain times, you're at certain levels. You can only do what you can at that level. You can you got to do your best at that level. So we were putting out mixtapes. I had a there was some uh, Block Boy JB song. So I did a, a remix to that. That did really well. Then that kind of kept us pushing to get us to a point where we could build some more momentum. We figured out better marketing techniques in terms of online ads and working with different curators. So we are able to build up to where we are actually profiting and making good money. Now we had, as money came in, we reinvested. So this is, this is 2020. We start to turn a profit, but we're reinvesting everything. So we're reinvesting. So our expenses are close to 10,000 a month at this point, but we're bringing in about 12, 13,000 a month from streaming. So it costs, we're kind of, making a little profit but we're reinvesting it so it's not making much and then all of a sudden my accounts get frozen and I can't get into I can't get into my accounts and all that marketing money that was invested is now up in the air we don't know and I had to go through a legal battle and the the songs were doing when when the songs were taken down October 2020 the songs were doing the best any songs I've ever had perform never enough i think 60 percent or 50 percent of the people that would hear the song maybe more if i'm not mistaken would hear the song save the song the most listeners i was ever getting to my spotify had over 250,000 monthly listeners another song not alone performing very well deadly opportunity all these songs performing very well i'm rolling out an album at the time and all the music comes down they take down all my music. I can't get into my, my distribution account. I can't access my funds. I can't reimburse the people I'm working with. I have outstanding bills out, and they eliminate the revenue in order to pay these outstanding bills. It affects my reputation as a business person. I have to explain with these people, work with these people, negotiate. I have to I have to scramble to, to sustain my business at no fault of my own after, of, after I went through the the explanation of how long it took to get there after almost a decade of building up to that point, I finally get to a point where it's a sustainable business and the powers that be the distribution companies and whoever is the real owners takes down the music, removes the music from these digital streaming platforms, these digital streaming platforms where the majority of my revenue is coming from. Part of them is owned by the, the major labels the bulk of the music industry so it's a clear conflict of interest so since october 2020 it's now june 2021 i've still been trying to fight to get anywhere near i've gone had to go massively in debt to keep my business alive and it's just been beyond stressful like really what there what what occurred was illegal what occurred was immoral and this is a first-hand account of what it's like to be independent dealing in the music industry from my perspective. 
I don't see independent artists on Rap Caviar. I don't see independent artists on these Spotify editorial playlists. I don't see them. Maybe there's a handful of this and that, but they, more often than not, they're connected to something within the industry, a production company, something like that, a management company. It's rare that you'll see an independent artist that has no connections to the legacy major label companies and those connected uh, subsidiary companies. It's rare that you'll see an independent artist with none of those connections be pushed at all on any of the streaming platforms which is a travesty because that's where everybody's going to listen to their music. So that poses the question, is music today a monopoly? Having explained how hard it was to get to a point of sustainability with revenue and then having everything taken down and being to a point of having to go into debt after almost a decade of working to a point where it's viable, is music a monopoly from also what we'll go into further about the conflict of interest and how everything, or not shouldn't say everything, but how the key and vital operational resources such as playlisting, ads, media coverage, that all seems controlled by the major labels. So independent artists already have a disadvantage of capital, connections, experience. So taking that into account, and then you add in there's a conflict of interest with the major labels directly owning the streaming platforms that the independent artists are reliant and dependent upon to generate revenue and to just compete. So that's why I'm asking, is music today a monopoly? Because it seems controlled by the major labels. You have to be on streaming platforms today to survive as an artist in majority of genres, especially hip hop. So if that is not a possibility and the major labels are controlling that allegedly that would be a monopoly because there's there's only one place to go and they control it that's the definition of a monopoly so you you can form your own conclusion i don't want to i don't want to the listeners of this podcast know that we don't speak with fiction we only speak facts but breaking it down in that fashion it seems deductively that yeah if we can answer the question that at least in my personal scenario it was a monopoly from objectively speaking of the analysis it does appear to be a monopoly as well allegedly so we were speaking earlier about how independent labels and independent artists are removed from competition so not only is there a conflict of interest of the major labels owning the part of the streaming platforms there's that conflict of interest, which makes it really hard on the independent artists, but they're also directly removing the music of the independent artists. So you saw back in the day, they were saying about XXX Tantosun, they were talking about maybe removing his music. And there was a, a lot of controversy and ended up staying up. But he's an, he is, to this day, the biggest, rest in peace to him, the biggest independent artist. And there was talks about removing his music. Now, with all respect, I'm going respect, I'm gonna ask this question. Why does it seem like a higher proportion of independent artists die rather or die or go to jail rather than the major label artists? Because we've seen two of the biggest independent artists of all time, Nipsey Hussle, Rest in Peace, and XXX Sun, who has twenty three over twenty three million monthly listeners right now on Spotify. 
pass away when they own their masters, when they are independent. Mac Miller, another semi-independent artist who, who overdosed. Why are these why are these acts being removed in a sense from competition? And if it was one off, okay. But I just mentioned three of the biggest independent acts and they've they've all passed away in their prime or even before they got a chance to go to their prime. So we've seen with emerging artists their music is removed like on January 1st DistroKid removed 700 over 750,000 songs from Spotify and you can go ahead and check out the there's a there's a petition online to return the music because these 750,000 songs allegedly they're all from independent acts none of the takedowns had to do with anything major label related so this incident right here is a clear indication that the major labels have control not only of the streaming platforms because all the rap caviar big editorial players have only major label artists not only do they have control of that but they also have control of the distributors because they can literally push a button and take down 750,000 independent artist songs in one day January 1st 2021 and I was going through the petition descriptions and they were saying some of them were saying about how they're having mental health challenges now because their revenues removed and they had worked so hard to get to the point I, and I feel their pain and it's so messed up that these major labels are have the most money but they're removing independent artists and then these distributors that have connections to are then taking that money from the independents. So the little money the independents have earned are being st allegedly stolen by these shady distributors and which are connected to the major labels. And who knows what that, that uh, who knows what the actual transaction amount is between the streaming platforms and distributors. I don't really know because they'll advertise, Spotify will advertise point zero zero four per play but then majority of mushrooms are point zero zero two three five and that's been raised from point zero zero one six five so almost half or less than half of what they advertise so it's already hard enough to make a living off not even half a penny per stream but then they'll tell you they're gonna pay you that and all their hoopla all their propaganda spotify's propaganda but then they don't even pay that because then they'll say it's a country average it's based off region really so it's that's their average quote-unquote so it as a listener i hope it doesn't come off like i'm complaining but what i'm trying to do and this is a this is a more personal episode than some of the other episodes where we talked about water pollution air pollution the wall street ball is more personal because this is my industry and water is my industry as well but i work on this every day and I'm still going through this in a sense so yeah I'm giving my personal experience of how difficult it was to not only make the artist viable to where sustainable but then to be able to fight to just keep the music up which I don't think is fair for what I mentioned that there's not even uh there's not even a fair playing field there's not even a level playing field everybody gets access to the editorial at a certain point or this review process isn't biased to major labels because if you just look at the end results majority of rap caviar 90 
to 100% is all major label acts. Editorial play is the majority major label acts. So how do you explain that? You got you can just look at the results. If you if you want to say, oh he's uh, he's biased, I'm biased. I'm not. I, I'm speaking facts as I always do on this podcast. And go look at the results right now. Go look at the biggest editorial playlist and tell me how many of those artists are independent. Not not many. Not many at all, if any. So that goes further and answers our question of is is music a monopoly today? And how detrimental is that to the integrity of music and the craft of hip-hop and, and other genres? Because without a meritocracy, you have nepotism run rampant and you, and you just have subpar quality being pushed to the forefront and subpar audio quality, but also subpar content. A lot of this is poisoning our communities. Uh, some, I, I love Freddie Gibbs. I love uh, violent content at times. But these artists that I enjoy, they will tell the other side of the pain of losing somebody as well as the metaphor in relation to the gun. So there's that. But there's also the artists that are just straight glamorizing it and just showing the one side of it and not the other. And there's a place for that. There should be a balance, though. There are There's positive records, in a sense. There's beneficial content, motivational content that has good melody. That can be played just as much as the shoot 'em up music or today you see a lot of and i'm not trying to judge anybody but the point i'm trying to make is that the violent and the detrimental poison the poisonous music is being pushed more than the music that can uplift us why is that and we've established that it's the major labels so if it's the major labels are getting the majority of the look the majority label artists are getting all of the attention what is their content it's it's de- degrading the female. Sex is one thing, but it's it's getting out of hand. It's to the points out of hand that Cardi B can't play her music around her child. So that that, that I don't need to say anything more about that. O- over glorification of violence and glorification of taking drugs without explanation of 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 the ramifications of of the negatives that come with that. So like I said, there's a, art is art, and I love. All of those content subjects I just mentioned, I love them in their time and their place. But there should be a balance and the beneficial, motivational, uplifting, in a sense, educational should be in that playlist too. So you got, I don't listen to that, but let's just from, uh, just from, I, I see the pop culture, the, the WAP, the WAP song. So, all right, put WAP in it, in Rap Caviar. And yeah, J. Cole is there too, but put it, Put an, put an independent artist that's talking up of upliftment. You know? Put mix in the independent artist that will give you some positivity. And then in this, if you want to even just look at straight deductive reasoning, we're, we're including all context subjects, throwing an independent artist that's talking violent or talking the overly sex shit. You know what I mean? So, because I'm sure some independent artists doing that too. So there's really there's really two critiques. That I'm getting at here. Okay. It's the critique that it's a monopoly. And the independents get no shine. And no attention really. So that's the critique. And the other critique connected to that. Is that as a result. 
there's no meritocracy. There's no the best wins. So the major labels can just put whatever they want. And apparently they want to put out poison. And I'll say it. And I'll say, fuck the industry. You can check out my song called FTI. And it's fuck the industry. And it's fuck the industry until they stop feeding us poison. And they start being honest. And they're lucky I'm just talking. So let's continue on. The major label corruption is clear. You can check out when Spotify's different levels of funding. You can see how they were invested. You can look into Platoon, which is an artist development company for Apple Music. They pushed Billie Eilish to the forefront, gave her all their looks. That's what we call an industry plant. Okay. Now, some an artist is coming up from the industry through a major label. That's been done for since the mafioso started the, the music industry. But I'm talking about an industry plant is a person or a musician that's coming up through the major labels, but is pretending to be independent because people love the underdog story. So they'll take the, the, the attractive parts of the independent come up story and they'll put it on someone that doesn't deserve it. That's an industry plan. And that's dishonest and deceptive. And if we're not in war, I don't see a point to be in deception. But if we're at war, then, okay, just the best, the so, some would say the best generals are those that employ deception the best. The greatest generals are those that are the best at deception. Some would say, but are we at war? That's a good question to ask. Are we at war? Are the major labels at war with the people? Because it seems like there's quite a lot of deception going on. That to me, where I'm from, use deception when you're in a battle. So if we're not in a battle, I don't see a point why you're deceiving all these people. You do this industry plant bullshit. So the listener should feel slighted. The listener, the audience should feel slighted because when an artist, when a major label knows pretty much they control who's going to listen, how much they're going to listen, they don't need to put out the best music because they know it's going to be successful regardless. So you're getting a solid product right now as a listener of music, as a listener on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all of that, you're being slighted. So you should be upset and you should contact Spotify and contact Amazon and whoever uses DSP and say, yo... You need more fair practices. It needs to stop being monopoly. You need to give an opportunity to independent artists. You need to put them in the algorithms. I'll show you. I could if go ahead and follow me at V Technique on IG, Twitter. I'm on Patreon. You reach out to me on there. I'll show you my Spotify back data. It all comes from people listening on their own. Spotify doesn't give me any algorithmic help. They don't give me any editorial help at all. Zero. But then you look at the major label artists, all their listeners come from the algorithmic and the editorial, which is Spotify. So they they can basically dictate what you hear, which is not good. You're not receiving a meritocracy. You're receiving nepotism. You're receiving corruption. Running theme of all our episodes, stop corruption. So you can stop corruption by reaching out to these DSPs and say, hey, look, I'm going to stop paying for it. And I'm going to just buy directly from the artists that I like if you don't start playing fair, if you don't start eliminating this monopoly and and stop giving in to this, the corruption related to the major labels. 
once that starts to happen, you'll be exposed to new artists, the best music possible, and then that will elevate the next generation to make better music because the best is being heard. The best music is influencing the next generation, which is producing greatness. So that's what we need. We need greatness. We need excellency. That's the my mission statement. That's why I make music in a sense, this commitment to excellence, to make a, the greatest hip-hop song of all time. I love doing it, but I would be lying to say if I didn't, I didn't want to make the greatest hip-hop song of all time. I do. I want to make the greatest hip-hop song ever, for all time. For a million years, they'll say, this song here, by Vicious Technique, it's the best. It's the greatest ever. And this album is the greatest ever. I'm going after excellency. And if I don't get it, hopefully the next one up after me, the next MC, can say, I saw what he was trying to do. He was close. Or she. He was close. I'm going to take it there. And then they can say that. And then, uh, may the gods willing, they'll give me my props. And they'll pay respect to the ancestors, in a sense the ones that came before and say, vicious technique, show me this style. I studied his his methodology, his art, and he's world-renowned, one of the greatest of all time. But then using that, I evolved that. I took that to the next level. And then now we have this classic piece of art that will last forever. So that's where I'm getting at. We have this corruption. You're deteriorating excellence. Corruption is the enemy of excellence, okay? We need the best that's available to come out and be in the forefront. And this is the objectively best gets the most attention. And I understand there's connections and do your thing because not everybody can be the best. And mediocrity deserves its place, you know what I mean? But not, mediocrity doesn't deserve a legacy. And right now, there's so much there's so much corruption and nepotism that we're only hearing the mediocrity. So, th- yeah, they're right now, these, these corrupt individuals at the streaming platforms and in the music industry are giving a legacy to mediocrity, which it doesn't deserve. And, and they're sliding the listener and they're sliding the independents that actually deserve it. So we need to stand up. When you support independent artists, when you put pressure on the streaming platforms to support independence and end major label corruption, hip-hop artists need a union through the temple of hip-hop, not directly with the temple, but through the, the temple, adjacent of the temple of hip-hop, where the originators of certain elements of hip-hop, if it goes outside the genre, for example, Taylor Swift was taking trap drums. Whoever... Whatever those trap drum patterns were, whoever they're most similar to, because I'm sure she didn't, I'm sure she knew what she was doing where she didn't have to sample and then actually pay them. Or maybe she did, I don't know. But this is just an example with her. So if she took the trap drums to say that you're most similar to Metro Boomin, she's got to give a percentage of that song to Metro Boomin or the royalties. Right now, any genre can take any element of hip hop and just run with it. And they don't have to pay any tax. They got to pay a hip hop tax to the temple of hip hop from now on. If you're not hip hop, if you release a song that says country is the genre, but you got a, a hip hop verse in your in your song, you got to pay a percentage to hip hop because the song wouldn't be the song if not for hip hop. 
You understand? If there's a pop song with hip hop elements and it's called pop, you owe us, you owe the temple of the hip hop a percentage of that. You owe us a tax and fees. And I don't mean to say us. I consider myself a part, but regardless if I had anything to do with it, take take my selfish intent out of it completely. It's what's right and fair. I will not allow the hip hop culture and the hip hop way of life to be colonized and taken advantage of. Nah. So that's something too that we need to we need to work towards. Any element that is outside the culture and genre of hip hop that uses hip hop in any way, any of the five elements, our core five elements, we deserve a tax. And with that, we can give back to our communities. We can uplift our communities, reinvest in our on our upcoming artists, have our own streaming platforms have our own distributors, have our own commerce, our own cities. As Karis, one of the teachers says, hip-hopia. So it's really it's really a matter of what do you want to see. You want to see commercialized, corporate, fake art? Or do you want authentic, to the core, someone that, who loves it? And, and devoted their time and their energy and their passion to it and is the best at it. Do you want that type of music? Or do you want some commercial, corporate, hollow facade tune? Which one do you want? It's clear. You want the real. So stand up for the real. The world is ours. It's up to you. It's up to us to make it a better place. It's been This Is Technique, True Conspiracy, Episode 4, The Fight for Independence. Peace.